Did they miss us? Do you think they missed us? Anyway, uh, let's get let's get to the show. Welcome to the twelve oh three, Parker. As as always, you you know you and I love to start the show talking about something uh, in our lives and what's been going on. And obviously, it's been a couple weeks since we last chatted. I mean, other than the occasional text to each other, we haven't really talked a whole lot. I know that you're still doing your substitute teaching yeah. thing, and um, I've been doing my my usual sports. I mean, obviously, the basketball playoffs the past few weeks kept me busy. Um, I think we, Jess and I drove to like five or six playoff wow. games in like a week and a half span. Wow. So yeah. we've been driving to Abilene, driving to Lubbock. We almost ended up driving to Midland. Thankfully, ended up not having to do that. Basketball season for my three schools, other than the, the junior college is now over. But that's what kept me busy the past few weeks. Yeah. Uh, what's been so, keeping you busy? For me, it's just been, it's been a lot of substitute teaching. Uh, it's been like you said, I've been, I've been working every day, been uh, studying for this new test, the science of teaching and reading. It's another test the state of Texas is making us young teachers take, even if, I mean, even if I was, say, already certified uh, last year, I think they would still make us take this test, which was the science of teaching and reading test. I won't bore you with the details, but it's a lot of, it's a lot of like formulas and things on how to help teach kids and all that. Basically, what it comes down to is, um, it's just, it's just studying it's work and studying. It's like, I'm in college again, but it's, I mean, I wouldn't trade it right now. I'm having, I'm having fun subbing, getting a little break from the responsibilities of actually being a real teacher. Uh, hopefully jump back into that in August when I have, when, uh, school starts around, but yeah, I've had a little, uh, kind of a break from the teaching side of it. Still been subbing every day, still been staying busy, kind of stacking my money up from my last job, still have a pretty good little, uh, fun there. And so I'm trying to trying to stack my money up, plan my next move when August comes around and get myself another little apartment again and branch out again and start my own little life. I, I want to get a dog. I want to get a water bed. I want to get a lava lamp. I want to uh, get a beanbag big chair. Power moves. We're talking Bro, power I'm, moves. I'm making big power. I want to jack my truck up so people can say, oh, this guy probably has a little PP. And I could be like, maybe, but I have a big truck. Um, so <laughs> just all these things. I'm going to start doing uh, just, you know, build my own brand kind of power move Parker, making these steps and then maybe have my own little bachelor pad. You know, I got the kind of seventies vibe going on. Uh, I'm going to get a futon for the guest. If anybody wants to come over, they can crash on the futon. I'm going to be a guy with a futon. So that's going to be my thing. This you next to, move. I'm, I'm kind that's of your stacking goal to up be, and getting ready to, for it. To be the guy with the futon. That's the goal. Yeah. Oh, well, Parker, he's got a futon. You can stay on his futon. Yeah, we yeah, hang out at Parker's Oh, yeah. oh Parker, you want to go to Parker's house? Well, he's got the water he's bed. He's got the futon. You got the futon. I mean, you could just pull it out. It's a futon. It's a couch and a bed. It's a futon. It's pretty just cool. crash on the futon. I mean, How many times can I say futon in this podcast? If you can sneak in enough, I think we can probably make some money off of a futon mm. brand. I think if you convince someone that sells futons that the 1203 is a good place for them to try and sell their futons, I think that's a win-win. So, I hey. You just said futons a lot. All right, I gotta get the futons in there. Futon. Let's get let's get the futon to the next uh, topic. Anyway, where do we even start as far as sports news? I mean, obviously, for those of you that might be new to the show, um, this is that we call this the twelve oh three experience because we call it an experience based podcast. What that means is we just base it off of things that happen in our lives, what we care about in our lives. Not necessarily a sports show per se. Not necessarily an Astro show. Whatever, whatever. But the Astros and the Rockets and the Texans and, that, and the Cowboys were big sports guys. So that obviously ends up being a common topic. We'll probably you'll get a little bit of politics in this show from Parker. We might get to that near at the end because there's a lot of that to go around. Mm. There, quite a few things happened in the Texas world since our last show. Um, For sure. So we'll definitely talk about that a little bit, see what our personal experiences are with were with that. Uh, but let's start in the sporting world. And I think let's start with the most relevant news that's happening right this very minute. Let's talk about some Houston Astros baseball, right? Spring training is upon us. The Astros are, I think, two or three games in. Already got a major injury. Framber, Framber Valdez, one of our better starters, yeah. breaks a finger. Um, pretty, pretty 
pretty bad loss. And most of the reports I'm seeing yeah. is it's a pretty severe injury. Um, yeah. That, what, that's what are a, your thoughts on that? That's upsetting, Reed. That's very upsetting for me because Framber was the guy. I was one of the guys I was talking about, like, okay, well, he was one of the young guys. I thought, okay, they're going to look at, he's going to be the guy that's, in, that, that's going to surprise some people because last year in the playoffs, I mean, he was one of those guys that was just really dealing for the Astros. Um, so yeah, it's a big loss. He was one of the guys. He's really one of those people. I thought, hey, they were going to count on a little bit. Um, they, they've already got. I mean, we don't know the big question mark. And I've been hearing this a lot lately from just random people in the, uh, Houston Twitter. But the big question mark: Can the Astros do it without Verlander? Can they do it without cheating? Can they do it? You know, there's so many question marks with the Astros. And I mean, I still think yes, this team is capable, but. These little things that happen, I wouldn't even call it a little thing. These things that happen with Framber and these things like that, I mean, they are setbacks. They are major setbacks. And the way things are going with Houston sports, I'm just, it's just so frustrating in general to comprehend. Uh, honing in on the Astros, they really are the last hope of Houston right now. Um, so, yeah, Framber going down was big, but I'm still holding on to the hope that, uh, the Astros offense, I still think will be great. I still think will be good. I think the bats will be good. And the pitching, pitching will still be fine. Pitching, really will. I think will be, I'm going to leave that up to you with the pitching. Cause I don't know enough about the other guys, but I just know it just seems like things are kind of chipping away a little bit. I know we've still got Lance McCullers. That's a big, you still bonus. got Lance. You still got Zach. You still got Christian Javier. So you've got your three and obviously in baseball, as long as you've got your three, you're, you're set. Cause I mean, it, well, it's a three game series, right? And right exactly. And so, I mean, even if the Astros just win every three of five, I mean, you're still above 500, right? So, and, mm -hmm. and you have those three That's main true. pitchers, you have a shot to win three out of five. Um, and you also have to keep in mind, they've got some other options. They've got Josh James. I know he struggled last year, he's, but he's had time as a starter. He can pitch as a starter. He's an interesting guy to keep an eye on. Um, they have the guy, Luis Garcia, who... If you really do, Astros fans, you need to watch tomorrow's spring training game because Lance McCullers is going to start. We're going get to get a look at him, see how he looks. And then Luis Garcia, who's a prospect who's never pitched in the majors, but he's a pretty big prospect. I think he's fourth in the system or some something like that. He's up there. He uh, will be pitching after Lance. So if you want to get a look at two guys that are going to be important to the Astros' success this year, tomorrow's spring training game is your first chance to get a look at him. Uh, so that's a guy to keep an eye on. Tyler Ivey is a guy that's been in the system forever. And he, he could end up stepping into that role. Kenta Manuel. Um, is, there's a lot of different different names. None of them stars, right? You're not gonna you're not just gonna lose Framber and stick in another Framber and fix it. Yeah. It's the same issue with George yeah. Springer. Yeah. Um, but but I think they've got the depth to even if he just misses the first like three or four weeks, which is kind of what I'm expecting, three to four weeks maybe of the because I mean you have to realize you're still like a month until the season starts. So that's a month to recover and then there really maybe is a month yeah. and a half to two months. So maybe he comes back mid late April, early May. Yeah. I think you can survive that long without him. And, yeah. You really so. can with the full, like, you know, they're getting some games in this year. They're actually going to play. I mean, I guess, is it a full season or is it close to a full season? It's a full what season. Was, the, it's a full hundred a shortened season and the okay. players said, no, nah, we play in a full season. We ain't. Okay, good. So We're yeah, you that. got, you got so. time to, you got time to fiddle around. You got time I, to figure I, it out. I wanted so, to talk to you about Miles Straw, though, because there was one game where he actually did pretty well. I think he went for like two for two or something, three for three, or I don't know, but he was leading off for the Astros. And everybody was saying, oh, Miles Straw, why would you? Listen, he's the traditional perfect leadoff guy. And I think there was one game a little while ago on spring training that he actually did pretty well. And he's not going to replace George Springer right off the bat. Obviously, he's not that type of guy. But what 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 do you see? Have you saw? Have you seen anything from Miles Straw or looked into that? I know you've been busy, but Miles Straw to me was here. Just seeing those numbers and people constantly trashing him, he's actually kind of early on done what he's supposed to do. He's done exactly what he's supposed to do. I mean, that's the tricky thing, right? The Astros are this very analytic based team, yeah. but when you break it down and you go back to basic baseball, Miles Straw is exactly what you looked for for years and years and years what you wanted out of your leadoff hitter. I mean, he exactly. was literally exactly the epitome of what you wanted. So I, I think, yeah, it makes a lot, he makes a lot of sense at the leadoff spot. He's, he's not going to hit for a ton of power, but I mean, if you look at his stats last year um, at the major league level, he had 33 games, 207, 244, 256. So, I mean, not the best, but his on-base percentage throughout the minor leagues has never been below 300. In fact, he's usually yeah. been in the 400 range. 
and he's his, his uh, weighted runs created plus, which is an interesting stat. It is basically it's a very basic way to boil down a, a guy's value um, throughout the throughout the minor leagues. I mean, if you're anything above a hundred, you're you're an above average player as far as offensive value. Okay. At every level he's been at, I mean, so his first year at AAA, he had an 83, but then in 2019, before the whole shutdown, he had right at a 100 and he had an on-base percentage of 378. I mean, you're talking about a guy, all he's got to do is get on base and he, 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 whether it be a walk or a single or a hit by pitch, all he's got to do is get on base and it's a double. They're not going to throw him out. They, they, they just straight up cannot throw no. him out. No, he's one so, of the fastest guys. I mean, there was, this video, there was this video of him. I mean, it was it was like one of his dogs. I don't know what kind of dog it was, but it was a it was a medium sized dog, and he gave this dog a head start. I mean, this dog was hauling it pretty good. He gave this dog a head start, and then Miles Straw takes off, and he's passing up the dog. Yeah, I mean, that's hard to do. Something like that's hard to do. Like, like, do. Got to remind him who's the boss yeah. or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and he just ran past him. Yeah, I mean, I mean he, that, he's a he's gonna be just fine. Like people really freaked out when they lost Springer, and I guess you know that that's fair. But um, for for a very analytic based team. Straw gives them a very traditional style leadoff hitter. Um, you also have the option of hitting him ninth and, and having him be the flip flip guy, which I, I I'm a big fan of the flip guy. I think having that guy at the back, especially in the American League where you have the DH that you don't have to hit a hit a pitcher ninth. Uh, you bat Miles Straw ninth, and then let's say you lead off. I don't know uh, Michael Brantley, Kyle Tucker one of those one of those really high on base percentage type guys i mean i think honestly the more i think about it brantley makes a lot of sense just because he puts together such good at bats although yeah. personally i think brantley's perfect for the two spot but because the patience um, you know he's not going to strike he's out work the count and, and pitchers yeah. don't want to face him so they're going to face the leadoff hitter man that's a that's a hey you know what that would be something if they did do that i i think it's interesting so i was looking at a comment about uh Dusty Baker, a quote that he made about Jordan. He, he finally got his first real good look at Jordan. And he was like, man, a guy that walks like that's got some swagger. He was just, it, I'm paraphrasing here, but Dusty Baker's like, when Dusty Baker sees you and he can kind of tell if you've got that swagger or not, Dusty Baker, a guy who's been out on the league forever, look, took one good look at Jordan. He's like, yeah, I can tell by the way this dude walks. He's, he's special. So I bet Dusty's, Dusty's happy to have Jordan back in that lineup too. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing him actually take at bats uh, because, you know, I mean, obviously double knee surgery is not easy to come back from. But luckily, yeah. he's only like 20, what, 23, maybe oh, yeah, he might turn 23. Young, yeah. He's real young and, and they're, they're not going to need him to play defense. They've got I mean, obviously, they're probably going to go Brantley left straw center and then Tucker and right. I don't know who that fourth outfielder is going to be. Because I mean, Souza could probably do it. I don't think Souza brings a ton of defensive value. He probably did back in his younger years, but I mean, now that he's 31, 32. Did you watch the game the other day when he played first base? Uh, Souza? No, no, I haven't got to watch any of those so spring training. They, they games played yet. him at first base and he was awful. <laughs> I mean, he never okay. played first base in his career. He's trying to be more versatile to pro provide more value so that he can make the club. And he was terrible, <laughs> absolutely terrible at first base. I mean, yeah. obviously he could, he could field a routine ground ball, but there was a, uh, I think uh, Gray Kessinger, the shortstop threw it, threw it to him. And it was a pretty routine scoop per uh, opportunity at first. And yeah. he didn't know what to do. He was holding the glove wrong and oh, Sousa no. just didn't know oh, how to handle no. it. Oh, so no. um, I don't know if Sousa, I don't know where his defensive value is. I'd really have to look into that. Uh, I think Chaz McCormick makes a lot of, since as a fourth outfielder guy that has a, he's hit really well in the minor leagues you need to look him up he's hit really well in the minor leagues i mean fantastic uh he was a really late round pick kind of a tyler white type story where he's just a late round pick that just kind of hit his way to the yeah. uh major leagues so he, he could be an interesting guy he, he's athletic he made that crazy catch at uh corpus a couple years ago i don't you probably at least saw the clip um one where he like fell over him. the fence yeah. But, okay, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm looking into him now. Chaz McCormick, he's only – yeah, he's 25, still young, so. Yeah, I mean, he, he, yeah. he's he been a pretty good hitter. He hit, what, 10 home runs last year at AAA. Uh, he, he's, a, he's a low strikeout, high walk type guy. He's exactly what you want. He's got a pretty good uh, – pretty consistent bat i mean he's he's hit about 260 to 280 his entire minor league career you can probably expect 250 from him if he's playing really well at the major leagues but i mean as a fourth outfielder he'll take that so i think he's he's a guy that you could look for in that fourth outfield spot um there's another interesting 
thing I wanted to talk about. There was an article about it today by, um, I think it was, it was either Brian McTaggart or Chandler Rome. There's a couple guys trying out some versatility. Like I mentioned Steven Souza, he's trying first. Um, they also have Corey Lee, the uh, first round pick from 2019, the catcher. Um, they had him playing left field and the corner infield. So first and third, just trying to find value for guys. Cause I mean, the Astros, they had Marwin and Marwin was so valuable and that he could play everywhere. And they become a team that likes playing guys in other positions. I mean, look at their infield. They've got Correa that can play short, that he can play third, he can play second. Altuve can play second yeah. and short. You yeah. got Bregman who can play pretty much anywhere on the baseball field because he's yeah. a monster. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they love that versatility and they're trying to create that versatility. Another interesting one, Pedro Leon. Uh, we talked about him. They had him trying out at shortstop. He's, he's been yeah, an outfielder. I was hearing some stuff about Pedro Leon. What was that? So, I guess because they're trying him out, people – so, for some reason, I guess people kind of got freaked out or whatever because they're moving him around to different things. I mean, listen – the Astros like to move players around. They like versatility, like you said. I'm yeah. curious to see. I mean, I mean, it's not the end of the world if they move a player from here to here. I mean, people just get so crazy now. But, uh, yeah, I mean, go back to even Craig Biggio before this I mean, analytic era. Craig oh, Biggio moved catcher. around. He, he played everywhere. Baseball. Yeah, he was out there, man. So, yeah, he, I mean, baseball players – that can do that. They're, they, I look at them, they're true baseball players. Like they're just baseball players. You've got athletes, you've got hitters, and then you've got baseball players. And you know, some of them you get all three in one, but the Astros are looking for baseball players that can do a little bit of everything. And so, yeah, I'm excited if he can do that. I mean, move him around. All yeah. I mean, don't, don't be care. mistaken. Pedro Leone's the center fielder of the future. He, he is. Yeah. He's a five tool. No, dude. They're not, they're not He's just throwing that the out the window. They're just trying to see what he can do. They're, they're trying yeah. to find a way to get him to the major leagues. And, yeah. and I mean, um, maybe he plays his way up and Miles Straw ends up being the fourth outfielder and you got Pedro in center. I mean, they're probably going to start him at double A or triple A um, mm-hmm. to start unless he just, you know, really impresses people. But um I mean, right now they have a Ledmus Diaz who can play a lot of infield positions, and he's been a pretty good hitter in his career, uh, and I think he's still on contract for another year. So, I mean, they're not, like, super pressed. I mean, Abraham Toro, I really like him. He's a, he's a lot like Marwin. He's a switch hitter. Um, he can play third. He can play left. He can play short. He can play second. He can play catcher. He actually was drafted as a catcher. So, um, talk about a utility, man. You got a guy that can step in and play catcher. Uh, I really like Abraham Toro. I really like uh, Aledmus Diaz, but I mean, yeah, of course, Pedro Leon, he's 22 years old, all the tools in the world that can play him any, he's just like Bregman. I mean, you can play him anywhere and he's just a pure baseball player, like you said, and he'll, he'll figure it out no matter where you play him at. So um thought that was interesting to see that they were trying him at shortstop and everyone was like, they're trying to refine Carlos Correa's replacement. Look, they're. I mean, it's just, that's the stuff I, I mean, you, you, you're better at digging into the stats and the facts and I look at just, reactions i look at social media i look at things like that and that's just always funny to me it's like they don't know anything about the team something weird happens like oh my god you know they're just flipping out it's it's great you gotta love it and a lot of contract talk we can talk about as well i mean Hmm. carlos correa uh he's pretty much come out and said i want to be an astro and it makes it honestly makes a lot of sense for the astros to make a deal now um because just for luxury cap space and whatnot I was looking at it a little bit. I don't know the details, but I know that yeah. it makes a lot more sense for it to happen soon. Um, so what's the deal with that? They just, they got him in arbitration or what was the whole with Carlos well, so Correa? They, they, he, they, uh, they, they went to arbitration and I think they eventually ended up coming to a deal for the year. Okay. I don't know exactly what it was, but Is it just um, for the, it's not for the long-term deal though. No, it's it was just, just one the, year to avoid arbitration. Okay. Okay. See so. that that's where I, that's where I get a little upset personally. I, I'm like you. Why don't you just sign the guy? He is Mr. Astro at this point. I mean, he is. He, he can't. He, he can't go anywhere else. Like, where is he? He can't going? go anywhere else. He's talked way too much shit to go anywhere. He's talked, else, first He's off. burned a lot of bridges. He, he's he's not gonna go. He's not gonna <laughs> go to New York. He New has. York's not gonna want him. Yeah. He's not no, gonna God. go to Los Angeles. He'd get killed. I mean, he would get killed in those places. I mean, not. I, I swear to God, I don't want him to go to those places. But if he did. I mean, they would they would they would eventually warm up to him because he's a great player. But the, I mean, he's like you said, he's one of those guys that has just chopped a. He's Mr. Astro. He's got to be. He's fought yeah. for this franchise tooth and nail. He's told if you don't know what the you know what you're talking about, shut the f up. You know, he's told people. You know, he he's he's gone on the record against ESPN, against everybody, fighting for Houston. So you gotta love that. You can't get rid of a guy like that. You can't. No, you absolutely have to keep him. And I, the thing is, it's gonna cost a penny, right? I mean, oh, it is. You see, you see the contract that, that um, 
Tatis just got, and I think that's kind of an anomaly. I don't think it's quite fair to compare Tatis's contract to what uh, Correa is going to get. Because I love Correa. I think Correa is going to be and is going to win, if not one, several MVPs. But he hasn't done it yet. He hasn't put that full season, I am an MVP type caliber season together yet. He just hasn't done it yet. So to expect to be paid like that, might be a little unrealistic. And I think that's probably where the holdup is. I think Correa rightfully so sees himself as an MVP type player. I mean, think about it, dude. He's a six foot five shortstop that runs like he has like a 55 grade speed for for those who don't know 55 out of 80 is just above average scouting scale. He has the best arm out of all shortstops and he can hit like 40 homers in a season if he's healthy and he's a shortstop. Come on. Like, so like, uh, I mean, he has the right to demand that type of money. But if you're the Astros, it's like, you haven't seen it yet, though. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got, you got to understand both, definitely both sides of it. And you look at the Astros, the position, it's almost like, I mean, I mean, even back when they had Springer, it was just crazy talent. But now, still, I mean, Altuve, MVP, Bregman, MVP caliber, obviously could have won it easily. Well, um, if, if, MVP, if a guy if, named Mike Trout didn't exist, he'd have He would have won. Yeah, yeah, he would have yeah. won that. So, uh, and then you got Correa, who was poten- he can be a potential MVP guy too, and Jordan, who was the AL Rookie of the Year. So I mean, <laughs> he won MVP because he's well, played defense. Unless yeah, he gets like eighty homers, and I don't think yeah, he can argue. He's never going to actually probably win that. But yeah, what you're saying, like I mean, AL Rookie of the Year is pretty darn good. He's got the good trajectory of of a player. Yeah. So yeah, the Astros just I mean hold hold their waters. What I'm saying, hold their water on offense. I'm still very. It's hard to get much better than what the Astros have. I mean, I'm sure there's lineups out there, but uh, lineup gotta, wise, yeah, the they're talent. they're up there. Uh, yeah. I, I will say, kind of countering what I just said, you got to pay Correa straight up. You got to pay him. I don't give a crap. No, you um, got to keep that. Get guy. it figured else, out. So, don't let him yeah. go. I mean, I'm. I, I, it's time. It's time. I, I I just said obviously he that that he hasn't showed that type, but I believe that he's going to. I said as much. I think he's going to win several MVPs. I want him doing that in Astros uniform. Uh, so I wouldn't pay him to tease money, but I think eight year in the 200 million range is not unfair. I didn't. And, I think and he's developed, he's developed into a locker room leader. You can't hundred percent. And he can't put a price on that. You can't give, put a price on an, a locker room leader. Give him an eight to 10 year deal yeah. with opt outs going after like the sixth year. So if yeah. he gets to 32 years old and the franchise for whatever reason is starting to decline or he wants out, he has the option to do that. For yeah. like 220 or 180 to 220 like do that backload it so that you can pay guys like bregman and, and altuve during your window which is right now and then later on pay him the big contract and we'll figure it out later but get get him locked in it's simple as that i don't i don't know if it's a money issue i'm not really sure but they need to get it figured out anyway um that is a little bit of your astros update we, we typically get at least one of those in on every show we try. Uh, I mean, we're going to get a lot more because Astros are going to be season just I, started. They're going to yeah. be what I want to talk about too. When because the way things are going with the other two teams, I like uh, the Astros are. We're we're going to be down uh, doing a lot of Astros stuff here in the future for sure. Got a lot of really good Astros people that I could try to bring on the show. Like I said, yeah. uh, that's one of our big big emphasis this year uh, on season season three. We're going to really push to get people on the show, get people that y'all care about hearing their opinions, people that you've seen on the show before, like good friends, or maybe, maybe we'll get some people like we've had a couple guests on the show. We can try and get them on. That's going to be a priority for us this season is to get people on this show, help grow the show. So um, if there, yeah. it, there is somebody y'all absolutely want to hear from, whether it be a friend of ours or someone in the media business that you want us to try and get on the show, by all means, let us know on Twitter, put it in the comments, whatever. We will do our best to get them on the 1203. Let's move on to the next topic of discussion. Well, before we move from baseball, I want to give a quick shout out. Texas State Baseball is playing Texas today in about 30 minutes. Looking forward to seeing how that one goes. Um, they're going to be on ESPN Plus for those of you interested. So tune into that one. Let's talk some football. And this is going to be a sad subject for you, Parker. Mm. Oh, God. Something happened a couple of days ago. Yeah. Uh, a certain Wisconsin boy moved to Arizona. Aaron Rodgers Mr. got traded to the Mr. Cardinals. Who? Oh, nothing. I was going <laughs> to say. JJ Watt is a Cardinal not now. That yeah. Sound, ugh, I just like want to throw up saying he's not in Texas anymore. Yeah, he's not in Texas. And I don't even think 
Here's what I think. I think he looked at the contract. He was like, dang. He got a lot of money. I'll take it. Yeah. Oh, so so two-year, uh, $31 million. Uh, he's 20 about, million guaranteed, dude. 20, 23 million guaranteed. 23 million guaranteed. So, yeah, I saw I saw that too. I was like, wow. 23 million guaranteed. 50, so almost his whole contract is guaranteed. Um, and he's got 31 million total. Here's the here's the thing for for a guy like that. You, you it's hard to say no to that. I know he's trying to uh uh you know, he's thinking about starting a family. I mean, he's got the wife. She's playing in Chicago. Here, here's what I thought, really, honestly. I thought everything was pointing up north. I thought it was going to be Pittsburgh, uh, you know, Green Bay, Buffalo. I really thought it was going to be one of those places. And he constantly talked about wanting to win a ring. You know, that's the next thing he needs to do is win a ring, right? Well, I really thought Pittsburgh, Green Bay, one of those, even Buffalo would have been one of those places where Buffalo okay, would have been cool. Buffalo would have, have been crazy. Yeah, and probably. I would have been, have been probably his best for the year. I mean, they would have been the AFC. They would have been the AFC champions. I mean, yeah, they would have been the AFC team to beat, in my opinion, if that happened. But even over the uh, Chiefs, yes, even over the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs. Listen, the Chiefs have exposed something. I mean, when they can get pressure on Mahomes, which they did, and he still made some great plays. But that's going back a Super Bowl recap. I don't want to get into that. But the defense, man, when they get in Mahomes' face, really did really did a number on him. But uh, so I think the Buffalo Bills would have been great for him. Him him going to Arizona really surprised me. He's just like a picture of him working out. He had his Arizona shirt on. He's like he's like source me. You know, he he's the one who made the <laughs> announcement. He wanted to beat. I see. Unlike other people I know in Houston are that were in Houston or about to leave Houston. J.J. Watts over here is saying, listen, I'm not going to let the media people steal the spotlight. I'm going to come out and break the news. And that's how you do it with Twitter. You just put on a shirt and say, hey, this is me. But uh, so I I like the way he did it. He was very respectful about it. And I understand money is money. But I don't have a lot of faith in Cliff Kingsbury as a coach, first off, and call in the in the pro level. I don't really know if Kyler Murray is that guy. If he's going to be that guy to lead a championship caliber team in the in the NFC, I just don't know if the Cardinals are where you're going to go and be like, okay, now we have a chance to go, to go to the. They were eight and eight last year, and uh, and so this year, I I don't know what the record will be. I mean, I don't even know. I mean, they they may win the NFC. I give them ten and six. I mean, they they'll probably make the playoffs for sure, uh, but I, I don't know. I just don't put them as a team that's over the hump, as other teams that were a lot closer than the Cardinals that he could have gone to. And the Cardinals just weren't talked about. The Cardinals came out of nowhere and said, "Oh, we're scooping him up." I don't think anybody had the Cardinals getting JJ Watt before this. And if you are, you're probably lying because that's just not one of the teams that was on anyone's radar. So I was surprised by it. I knew he was gone. He he already said he was leaving Houston. That was sad. I kind of already mourned when that happened. But when he went to Arizona, I was like, I thought you said you wanted to win a ring. I thought, I thought that's what you wanted. And so I'm a little confused by the decision. I guess money does talk, though, at the end of the day. Well, didn't he get more money offered from, like, Indianapolis and Cleveland? Which Cleveland would have been a sense, too. Indianapolis would have been a better situation. Cleveland would have been a better situation than Arizona. Cleveland right. definitely. I don't know about Indianapolis. Okay, I'll give you Indian. I'll give you that. You want to talk I'm about a bad on Carson Wentz? Are you not? So I didn't know how you felt about Carson Wentz. Me personally, he's I don't okay. even think he's not. He's not like a great quarterback, though. I mean, he's not. He like has a, been in his career, but I mean, well, I guess he was. You know, whatever. He, he, time, he, time will tell. He won a That's Super. Kind of. Kind he of won my, a Super Bowl. He got his team. He was basically the reason the Eagles did so well on the regular season. He that was an year MVP candidate until his injury. Yeah, and then Nick Foles comes in and he does what he has to do, and everybody forgets about Carson Wentz. You're right. Um, so the Colts, yes, I still think the Colts would have been at least even, and it would have been close. See, the thing about the Colts though is it's Indiana, so it's closer to where I thought he would want to be. He's going out to the desert in Arizona. I mean, he's farther away from his wife now than he ever was. I mean, he's on the other side of the country now. So. It just, it doesn't make None of it makes sense to me. I, I don't know why he went to Arizona. I really don't. I think that Andre Hopkins obviously loves having a back. 
him and Chandler Jones. We're going to see how that works. That duo might be a fun duo to watch. I think it's going to be a good duo. I think it's going to be a here, good duo. I, I tend to disagree with you a little bit. I, I don't disagree with the Cliff Kingsbury take because I don't really trust him either. I don't think we've seen him prove that he that can That style win this, just this doesn't level. seem to work too much. I, 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 I don't, I'm surprised he didn't go to a place where they had a coach that had proven they could win. He must exactly. have a lot of trust in Kingsbury. He must have had some conversations with him. Where do you disagree with me, though? I, I like Kyler Murray, and, and oh, I think J.J. Okay. Watt said as much. He, he straight up said that the reason he went there was mostly because he trusts Kyler Murray, and I'm going to be honest. Wow. I think J.J. Watt knows a good quarterback when he sees one. I mean, well, think about it. One, he, but, yeah. he got stuck with the with – the, he had Matt Schaub for, for the early part of his career, and then they went through that string of terrible <laughs> quarterbacks. Oh, there was a bunch of And they of, finally yeah. got a good one. And he saw and, He noticed it. Yeah, and I think he, I think excited, he sees yeah. a similar situation, but with a better – I mean, the Arizona Condos are a pretty good organization. They run well. Uh, from someone that had a family member there for a long time, it's a great place to, to play football at. Um, he's got Nuke there, hey, so there's some familiarity. Yeah, Phoenix is, a, Phoenix is a great city, number one. Yeah, Phoenix, it's Arizona. a great place to play. And, it's, and it's the a great stadium's city. gorgeous. I it's understand a younger team. some of it. Yeah, I understand some of it. He, and, and here's the thing. If it's a younger team and a younger quarterback – I guess Kyler Murray may not be – maybe I think Kyler Murray is a little worse than you think. But at the end of the day, I think we can agree there were better quarterback options out there and better places out there than Arizona. I mean, th- there were places that were being talked about that J.J. Watt could have gone. Well, let me ask you this. and would have been better. What, what were the other options? Well, I, 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 kept, I kept hearing Buffalo. I kept Buffalo, hearing Green, I'll, I'll say I kept Josh hearing Green Bay. I kept yeah, hearing – Rodgers is better than Kyler. Yeah, I kept hearing Green Bay. I kept hearing Pittsburgh, which you don't really know about Pittsburgh. I wouldn't. No. Uh, yeah, I'd say Arizona. As far as quarterbacks go, you don't know. I mean, so, his brothers but, are in Pittsburgh. That's the whole reason that Pittsburgh yeah. was a runner. So really, as far it was like just teams trying to win a trophy. Pittsburgh is. Yeah, so really, it was just Buffalo. Well, I mean, the Pittsburgh thing was just because his brothers were there. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. um, but the uh, the, the, the the Buffalo. I mean, Buffalo and Green Bay both honestly really thought Green Bay. Me personally. I thought it was going to be Green Bay. He was going to go back to Wisconsin. That made a lot of sense to me. Um, and then I guess, in, see, to me, Indianapolis would have been weird too. And they also, I also heard that uh, the Tennessee Titans were kind of in the hunt for J.J. Watt for a little while, not a long time, but you put J.J. Watt on that Tennessee team, who knows? I mean, it's a different identity. They don't really rely on Tannehill as much as, you know, other people rely on their quarterbacks. They have Derrick Henry. So, you know, it's ground and pound, great defense. That might would have been fun if he would have went to Tennessee. Not for me, but if he would have went to Tennessee, that would have been different. That might have been why he didn't go, so he didn't have to play against the Texans. Could be, because Tennessee be actually made Tennessee. a lot of sense. Tennessee yeah, made some sense. I, I, I don't know. I, I see both sides of it. I, I, I can see why you would think, like, Buffalo would make a lot more sense, or even, like, hell, even, like, somewhere up north, closer to Chicago, where his wife is. Even Chicago, yeah. just to be with his wife. But I, I see I see why he thinks Arizona is a good place to go and win. And, I mean, think about it. They got a young quarterback. They've got a young coach that, I mean, I mean, let's be honest in your first year as an NFL head coach, eight and eight's not bad. You, you, you would Who think do the Rams go. have now they have Stafford, right? They got Matthew Stafford. They got Stafford, I guess. Okay. That's their new, but the Rams. So you've got the Rams and the Seahawks. And I mean, the Niners still have Garoppolo. I don't know how good the Niners are, but they're, they're a weird team. They're, they're going to have a good, here's the thing about the Niners is he wouldn't have really played much because they've already got a good D line. Well, I'm just talking about his division. Like, and so who he's going to have to compete with. I mean, Russell Wilson, it looks like he's out of the Seattle. Looks like he's gone. He wants out. So they're probably going to be the last place team. So, so they may not even be, yeah, in contention, but I guess you just have Arizona, but I mean, it just depends on what Seattle does, but I guess Arizona and the LA Rams are your two looking NFC. See, but if he would have gone to the AFC East Buffalo Bills, the Bills would have been the favorite by far, in my opinion. The Green Bay Packers, if he would have gone there, I think they would have been the favorite by far. So, I mean, when you go to Arizona, you're not even a shoe in to win the division, in my opinion. I mean, yeah, but I, like I said, I can see why he chose there as, as like a dude trying to win. I think Arizona is a team. Well, he is, likes Kyle you mentioned He's, You mentioned a team that's not over We'll see. Maybe they're not over the hump yet, but maybe he's thinking that his addition and they're about to go over the hump. I don't know. I, I would agree with you that they're not quite. As a fantasy owner of Kyler Murray, I just have some complaints about him. That's all. I mean, he's maybe a great quarterback, but he fell off towards the end. I mean, I was looking at his, his last don't four games. 
his last like four or five games, I think he only had like four touchdowns at the very last four games of the season. So he struggled a little bit there at the end. Okay. We've talked about this a lot on the 1203 and I don't want to keep beating it like a dead horse, but the Deshaun Watson situation, they keep trying to get him to stay and he keeps telling them he's not coming back. I mean, I know the very, I think the most recent news was he straight up told the head coach, look, I like you but I'm not playing here. I'm hey, gone. I told you the Texans were going to hold on. I mean, I made a big deal of it in the last podcast, but I said the Texans are going to hold their ground, whether you like it or you don't. I don't know how this is going to end. It's going to end bad. <laughs> it's going to end bad. It's straight yeah. up. It's, 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 I'm, I'm thinking it's going to end up in a holdout situation. Now, that's the only way I see this going. Yeah. And, uh, and so, they're yeah, not I mean, everybody trade. thought uh, after my last podcast, people were like, oh, you know, whatever, coming at me. But here's the thing. All I was saying was if you're the Texans, you keep them. Uh, because he's under contract and all that. And I was getting into that little detail of it, but I thought, even I thought was like, okay, I understand what I'm saying, but, the, but realistically it looked like he was going to be gone pretty soon. But the fact that he's still, he's still there almost, it kind of doubles down on my point to begin with. It's like, it's almost like you, you hear two different things. I mean, uh, Nick Casario and those guys, you hear them say one thing and then Deshaun Watson's camp says another thing. And it's almost like, they couldn't be farther from each other. They're not on the same page at all. Not even one, a little one, bit. One, like, person's, one person's like, okay, we got him. He's going to be our quarterback. Yee-hee, we like him. And the other guy's like, no, I hate it here. I, I want out. <laughs> I don't want to be here. I don't, I, don't like, I don't like you. I don't like the way you look. I don't like the way any of this, you know, I just don't want to be here. I want out. And so that's what I'm, I'm seeing a lot of with, like two different completely just how can you be that out of touch with your franchise quarterback? If you're first off, you're the Houston Texans. How, do, how does it get to this point? If you have a guy like that, how does it get from, okay, he's our guy. And then five months later, all of a sudden he wants the hell out. How does that happen in five months? There's just, I mean, it's complete destruction, right? It's self-sabotage destruction. Have you seen anything like it? Have you seen a franchise collapse? Kawhi Leonard, that's about as close as it gets. But even then, like the Spurs are still The Spurs have bounced back since then a little yeah, bit. They've gotten just as good. Like Keldon Johnson got named the rising star today. So like the Spurs were able to bounce back because they were still, everyone saw through Kawhi Leonard for what it was. They saw that he kind of just whined his way out and the Spurs were exactly able to still, uh, the Spurs were able to maintain some integrity and everybody knew the Spurs were still a good organization to be at. But with the Texans, it was like, okay, we knew the Texans were whatever. You know, they were kind of out of the spotlight. No one really knew. They're like, okay, Cal McNair, he made some comments, whatever. It's just another organization. You know, it's under the radar. <laughs> probably racist, but, you know. Probably racist, but almost owners are. So, you know, we're sc- screw it. You know, just another racist old white guy in the NFL. But um, so that's probably what they thought at first. But now it's getting highlighted that, oh, they have a what running the team? They have a preacher? A preacher is running the Houston Texans? What? Let me look this Jack Easterby guy up real quick. Oh. A, a preacher? He's a, he's a televangelist. He's Joel Osteen. This guy is Joel Osteen <laughs> making decisions. It's like Ost- It's like Osteen running the freaking uh, like rockets or Astros. Imagine, imagine Joel Osteen coming in to a franchise and said, Lord, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm a Christian, but I'm just saying, Lord, I tell you, I'm coming in and we're going we're gonna to power through the day and God bless you, Jet Deshaun. God bless you. You're gonna come here with the Texans, and yeah, I mean, Deshaun's like, uh, honestly, I don't think I am. <laughs> I've seen. <laughs> no, I don't yes, think y'all. I am. no, no. God, God has told me. God has told me, son. You will stay in Houston. You'll baptize by the water of Houston. Uh, no, but I, I'm going. I'm going to hell probably. But uh, <laughs> it's like this dude's like super religious guy, right? And I've seen enough religious people to know this, like. The way he talks, he tries to tell, he's almost like a youth pastor. We, we may have, I don't know, youth pastor, you ever been to youth church? Oh, but, yeah. oh yeah. Uh, Grew up in it. So you got Grew these youth guys, you know, these youth pastors, they come in and uh, they, you know, they, I'm going to, I don't want to get too much. Trouble, <laughs> you better watch here. I'm walking on some thin ice here. Uh, but they, they got these guys that, they got these guys that, you know how they try to tell jokes. They try to relate to younger people. These youth pastors, they, that they're, they're kind of older. They may be in their forties or fifties and they're trying to relate to these 19, 17 year old guys. In his case, 20 something year old guys. It's almost like Jack Easterby doesn't know how to talk to people. And so he's up on stage sometimes or he's talking to people and he tries to say these things he thinks are cool. And there's little clips of him telling jokes 
And it's just like, dude, it's cringy. Like you, you may be a great pastor. You may be a great pastor, but when you try to relate to the, what's going on in the NFL and talk about football, it's like, dude, you're way out of your lane. I don't know what spell or, you know, what prayer you said over Cal McNair or, you know, yeah, the son, Cal, uh, you know, the Cal McNair. I don't know what he's done to Cal or what pictures he has of Cal, but, uh, he, he, this well, guy he, he was in the confessional be, booth and he was like oh you boy you better give me a job or i'm gonna yeah. oh, oh, let the world know on Cal. oh you know voice believe. recorder in the confessional booth <laughs> you better believe something's there something's there man so yeah i you know i, I i'm 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 done with that subject because i could <laughs> some things i didn't even want to say right now because i'm just I want to leave it at that, but yeah, there's, there's, we all know people like that. They just you, think you they're went cool. down this tangent. I just want they're you to know cool. you went down this tangent all on your own. I did not, I did not lead you. <laughs> you oh, stop. did I? So how long did I keep? So how long was it? Did I keep my composure for season three or am I, am I off the, uh, I I'm think off. we're already getting canceled. I didn't take okay. long. Golly. Oh, well, let's keep going. Let's keep so going. Much Make for, it worse. So, so much for monetization. <laughs> hey, let's make it worse. Let's do it. Let's go. Let's go full it now. What's wrong with the Houston Rockets? Oh, a lot of things. So they haven't won a game since I think I was uh, 22. I'm 24 (laughs) now. So two years ago. Oh, and they're retiring the dude that said, "Ah, peace." (laughs) He's like, "Yeah, they were." They were. So this is how backwards things are. It's like it's like getting broken up with, and then getting the tattoo of the girl that broke up with you. Like, (laughs) yeah, I mean, it's 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 a beta move, man. It's a beta. You know, whatever you want to call it, there's alphas and there's betas in this world. The Rockets are total betas for James Harden. They're I mean, simps. They're simping they're simps. hard. They're simping hard. Everyone's on <laughs> Hot Rockets Twitters, except for me, by the way. Except for me. I'm like, screw this guy. Ugh, I don't want to talk to him ever again. I'm the guy that you break up with, and then all of a sudden, your house is on fire. And you're like, whoa, what the hell happened to my house? Um, it's on fire. My dog's missing. Please help. Um so I'm that type of guy, but there's also guys that just want to, there's guys that just want to apologize. I mean, listen, Jay, you can't retire a Jersey this fast. You look sad. You're like, has he even been gone a effort. month? Dude hasn't even been gone like that long. Four weeks. Dude hasn't even been gone that long. And you're already, like you said, getting your name tattooed on your, his name tattooed on your chest. Just take me back, baby. Take me back. You're retiring his number. How stupid is that? You're retiring his number. He can't even come back if he wanted to. Now his number's retired. He can't. <laughs> so I mean, how stupid is that? So you just retired his number. So like, this is What's way he too do quick. When he signs that one day contract in four years. This is the quickest number retiring thing I've ever seen in the history of sports and Houston. Funny. I mean, I thought Tillman Fertitta was like, I mean, listen. When they said James Harden was retiring his number, I was like, okay, he. He must have gotten a car wreck or something. He probably died. They're retiring his number. <laughs> nope. Still um, no, he's still alive and he's still playing in Brooklyn. And he's constantly, every interview, he says, well, I'm glad that I have better teammates now. Literally, he's that's like, what he says. He says stuff like that. He comes in. And they're like, oh, okay. Yeah. No, no, I don't know about it. Have you ever seen a Jersey retirement when the guy is still playing? I don't think I've ever seen that. And he's playing tonight, Wednesday night. When, For another is, team. Yeah, he's playing in. He's coming in as in Brooklyn. And they're just bowing down to him. They're retiring his number. All that, all that talk. It's like, dude, how? I know he's done some great things and whatever, but I mean, you got to give it some time. I mean, give the the crowd's gonna boo him. I mean, the crowd should boo him. I hope Houston boos him. I'm gonna have to go down to Toyota Center myself and start a riot, I guess, because no one else knows how to <laughs> act around here. When someone leaves you at the altar, you don't just hug them. And invite him over for dinner. That's what happened. It's so stupid. <laughs> How far are we on this thing? All right. It's so stupid. You know, everyone knows. I'm so glad this show's back. Yeah. No, I mean, it, you're 100% right. Like, it's different if, like, you know, he went and played in Brooklyn and played there for three or four years and then retired. And then you brought him back for a one-day ceremony. And yeah, then he retired that would have like oh he was you know led us to the playoffs eight years in a row blah 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 blah. that's that's different the dude is like still playing he's about to play you you announced like the day before he's gonna play you that you're gonna retire his jersey and all he's done is talk crap about you for the past year and a half the entire time it makes no sense completely shitting on you it's like this guy can do no wrong i mean this guy 
can literally, I mean, the, the, the organization. It reminds me of the John Mulaney joke. Where he's just like, yeah. I'll just take any, I'll just take any treatment. You yeah, can do whatever just, you want to me. You got to know your worth, Rockets. You got, I mean, right now we, we are dog, we are dog shit right now. I will say that, but you got to know, you got to know your worth. I mean, come on. I mean, this is a lesson to all the simps out there. Know your worth, simps. You're, you're going to mean right, something to somebody. I got the title of this episode now. The Houston Rockets are simp's. That's, <laughs> that's the name hey, of this episode. That's a that's a de- that's the exact definition of a simp. You're right. You're 100 percent right. Oh, yeah, that's I, I didn't think about that. That's hilarious. Yeah. But like, back to like the on court performance. I mean, I know that Christian Wood is hurt. Like, and that's a big issue. Christian Wood hasn't been on the court. But yeah, what are you out. seeing that's really costing this team? What? So, why can't they win a ball game? So I've been watched. So when I watch the games, I see that. Uh, they don't really uh, – it's kind of one of those things where they shoot a lot of threes, but they don't have the weapons that, that they sh- that they think they have. I mean, uh, they've got guys that maybe – I thought Steven Silas was going to come in. They were going to play more of this inside-out game. Christian Wood gets hurt, and then all of a sudden they forget about the inside. They say, screw the inside. We're just going to play completely driving kick outside basketball. They – I mean, not last game. They played Cleveland last game. They still lost. But the game before last, they shot 45 three-pointers and only made three of them. Only made three out of 45. At some point, you got to stop shooting three-pointers. So that's my thing is that they're still they're – playing, they're playing like they think uh, – they're, they're playing like they used to with James Harden and CP3 and those guys that could shoot threes. They don't have those guys anymore. They're going to have to adjust. They've still got talent. I think John Wall is still great. I think uh, there's some guys they can still move around. I mean, Boogie Cousins, he's gone. They got rid of him quick because he wasn't. Honestly, I liked Boogie Cousins. I don't know why they didn't try to keep him, but um, they got rid of him quick because they're just trying to play this fast pace uh, three-point shooting again. They're, they're forgetting completely about uh, the what, what Christian Wood did that was so good, which was he got down low, shot some mid-range shots, was able to be a presence down in the paint. So right now it's just it's just John Wall driving and kicking to guys that can't make it. I mean, you've got guys that are young, inexperienced. I think they're uh, one of the interviews I saw was like they had a bunch of tightness. So like they're, they're shooting and they want to make it so bad that they just can't. And I knew this team wasn't going to be very good if once Harden left. I thought maybe if they made the playoffs, it would be fun. Christian Wood would have been awesome if he was still healthy. I think they still would have been at least somewhat relevant. Now it's like, okay, they're they're going to be one of the last place teams. We'll see what ends up. This 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 year is going to be probably a wash at this point. If Christian Wood does ever come back, I mean, I mean, I honestly, I kind of want him just to rest and become fully healthy. If maybe chill for a little bit, I think they're going to keep him out until after the All Star break. So they have the All Star game, and then they maybe bring him back after that. But at this point this season, it really is going to be uh, – it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, they're probably just going to kind of coast to the finish line. I don't I don't see them winning uh, very many games. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited. The Spurs are hanging in there. They're like the number five team. Uh, what's another team that's oh, – the, the Mavs are kind of battling back up towards the top again. They're uh, kind of doing what I think the eight, Rockets nine. would have been doing if yeah. Wood was healthy. I think they're the Mavs – kind of barely yeah. hanging there. The Mavs and Rockets would have been right by each other, I think, if they're still worth. But the Spurs, the number five seed, and here's the thing about it. Like, I was talking about, like, players that have moved on from the Rockets. The Phoenix Suns are the number four, number three seed. They have CP3, Chris Paul. That old Chris Paul is still balling out with the Phoenix Suns. Don't they have the Clint Appella guy? Oh, you know what? If I I don't know. I I don't know that, but – Oh, if they do have Clint, that would make sense. I thought last time I saw him, I think he was with the Hawks, but I have to look at that. But I could um, be wrong. I mean, you're the uh, basketball guy. Yeah. Uh, so they have Devin Booker. I know that. him, CP3 and Devin Booker have been very good. But, uh, yeah, the Spurs, man, the Spurs have been in the hunt. They're a top They're a top eight team, like, in the middle of the, yeah, uh, he's the playoff the hunt. He's, so a, he's it's, with the Hawks. It's, uh, yeah. So, yeah, anyway. So I'm, I'm excited. I mean, you got the Spurs. You've got – you still got the Lakers. I mean, they've been – Anthony Davis has been hurt, so they really haven't done a. They really haven't pressed a lot. But the U, the Utah Jazz have also been a surprise team for me. The Utah Jazz, they just, I mean, they they run up and down. They shoot a lot of threes too, but they also have Rudy Gobert 
in the middle to block shots and kind of be that easy uh, dunk layup guy. So um, Utah Jazz are another team to watch in the Western Conference. But the Phoenix Suns and the San Antonio Spurs, them for them to be up this high is actually – I mean, it's kind of exciting for Phoenix and San Antonio fans because uh, two, two cities that really love basketball – I know the Suns used to be kind of in the hunt a lot of times with Steve Nash and those guys. So uh, the Spurs and Suns had some pretty good playoff rivalries um, back in the day. So maybe they can get a first round matchup. That'd be kind of cool to see Phoenix and San Antonio play each other again in the first round or something. I guess we will see. Uh, Normally, for those of you that are are usual here for the show, we would kind of start wrapping up right about now. But uh, the first time, first, first episode of season three, first time being back together for a little while and, we obviously both we both live in Texas, so we both had to live through this uh, historic nice. winter storm. Uh, I think it was a week and a half ago now, two weeks. And I was just curious, and I wanted to talk about each of our experiences. And it sounds like yours was a lot worse than mine. I know now, now Parker is located in the Houston area. Yeah, a lot closer to the affected area than I am. I am in West Texas as of, as of now. At the house, we really didn't have a ton of issues. I mean, obviously, we had a lot of snow in town. The roads were not safe. We lost power. We lost water for like a morning. So we we started losing water pressure, and we thought we were having a pipe freeze up. So that was kind of scary. So we drove to town to grab some water bottles. We we're going to buy one of those big gallons, and they were already out. So we just bought a bunch of water bottles. By the time we got back, our water was running. So we ended up having water pretty continuously. We never lost power, thankfully. We did have a pipe burst in our back house over the, the weekend following. So once everything thawed out, we had to rip all the carpet. But compared to what a lot of other people had to deal with, I mean, other than a $500 plumbing bill, I mean, that was the biggest inconvenience we had, thankfully. Now, we had a lot of people in town lose power. And obviously, um, it wasn't near as bad in West Texas. And we were able to pretty consistently stay up and running. We got like a week off from work. That was kind of nice. But uh, other than that, everything's pretty rough, but you and your family were really in the thick of things down in Houston and things got really bad there. What was your experience? Houston was terrible. Houston did not know. So Houston's got a, I mean, it's basically like the home of a lot of refineries and plants and things like that. So um, my cousin who works in the oil field, he, he was busy, you know, the week after trying to get everything back online. It just took so long. It's safe to say that no matter what form of energy you want to go with, it wouldn't have mattered. So a lot of people are over here complaining about, oh, well, you got to do this. You got to do that. Listen, the state of Texas wasn't ready. ERCOT wasn't ready for this. It doesn't matter. Simple as that. Simple as that. So let's just, just cut. So so I want people to just know that that's where I'm coming from. The fact that I've seen both sides. I've got family in the oil field. I've got family everywhere. Uh, the, 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 we just weren't ready. Nobody was ready for this. So um when, when like the plant started shutting down, everyone got a little freaked out. Of course, here, when that happens, it's like, oh, what's going on? And then all of a sudden they started doing these rolling outages, which were a pretty big inconvenience for most people. In Pearland, it wasn't as bad until Wednesday. We were out for 12 whole hours and it was the longest day. I mean, they shut the schools down, obviously, for a week. Everybody was shut out. Um, in Baytown, Texas, though, where a lot of plants are and where my cousins live and everything like that, they were out of power for like almost a whole week of no power. Uh, they had messed up. I mean, you can't live like that. My, my cousin has, has, uh, just like, they just brought, uh, triplets into this world. So they have like three newborn babies and then two older kids. And so it's like, listen, how are we, you know, they had to go to my aunt's house and, you know, huddle around the fireplace for a whole week, eating food out of a can. And it was just like, dude, you can't live like this. I mean, you know, in America, we're not used to living like this. In Texas, you know, we're not used to shutting down for this long. So it's like, for whatever reason, the city of Houston in general has got to do a better job. And Texas and all that, part of why I'm running for governor is you got to do a better job (laughs) of planning. You got to plan for these things. When these things happen, you got to, you got to know, okay, well, we need to keep this plant going because you you have to figure out, because first off, these rolling power outages were like, kind of like, okay, we're going to turn off your power and then we're going to charge you extra for it. Okay. So you're not going to have as much power as you're going to be without a power for a week, but we're going to charge you more because we had inexperience. For the power you didn't have, we're going to charge you for that. 
Yeah. So that's basically like someone at, at a restaurant getting your order wrong. And then all and of a sudden you're you more for it. Yeah. You're charging you more. Like I didn't order a fish order a steak. What are you doing with the fish? That'll be $500, sir. Listen here, pal. We're going to fight about it. So yeah. I mean, that that's like, that's kind of what I'm seeing is a lot of upcharge. Luckily in the apartments were in Pearland, it was only 12 hours of the inconvenience. Uh, the biggest inconvenience was trying to find food because uh, the stores, everyone else was just out of power. So you really just had to scavenge for stuff. You had to go to like three towns over just to get groceries. It was, it was crazy. It was inconvenient, but uh, uh, Baytown, my cousins in Baytown had it a lot worse than I did personally. So I, I don't want to talk too much. I know uh, they were without power for a very long time. So uh, yeah, just those, the people I felt bad for were the older people and people with like newborns and babies because those are the people that you like, they need power. You can't just go, you can't have a baby, like try entertaining a toddler without power. You don't have any TV. You don't have anything. It's going to be a hard week. And, and so it's I like feel, 10 degrees outside. Yeah. It's like 10 degrees. So what are you going to do? And you're going to well, freeze. And, you're going to, I want to yeah. ask you this. And obviously you said that y'all didn't have it quite as bad. So it sounds like, I mean, the 12 hours sounds rough, but I, I didn't rough, have anything but, like that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but for that 12 hours, you know, what was what? What did y'all do for twelve hours when you just had? You obviously you probably couldn't sleep much because you're freezing. You know what? Oh yeah. Well, what luckily, personally? I know obviously a lot of people had a lot worse than you and or a lot better. I mean, look at me. I really we were pretty much unscathed, thankfully. Um, but what was your experience in that twelve hours? Just to kind of like, yeah, you know, so, get a, get so, a little bit of an idea of what that was like. So you so we woke up. So luckily it was during the day, so it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't too bad. It wasn't at night. At night would have been kind of hard because you wouldn't need the heater. But we had it on about the heater was like 68 degrees or whatever to start the day. As soon as it went off, it started dropping. I mean, it almost got to like the 50s during that one day. I mean, it was getting cold. So if it would have been another day without power, it probably would have gotten into the 50s or 40s inside the house. So That's luckily, y'all never got to like freezing in the house. No, no, no. Never. Luckily, never got to freezing. We got almost into the 50s, but that was it. Luckily, we we're pretty good insulated here in the apartments. But uh, I mean, we wake up, power goes off. We, 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 you know, uh, pretty, you know, my dad, he's not very good without power. So he's basically just like, all right, I'm going back to bed. He huddled up and just went back to his room and just shut the door and said, don't bother me. So that was pretty much what he did. But, uh, me and my brother and, uh, my mom, we kind of hung out, talked a little bit. Uh, my brother got his guitar out, started playing guitar. I mean, just stuff we never usually do. Um, just kind of started doing and hanging out and talking and, uh, that part was actually kind of cool getting to getting to like talk and have real conversations instead of just, you know, telling little jokes. There's no all these distractions because yeah. we're all because, yeah, we've all got different schedules. We're all pretty busy. I mean, we live together right now, but I mean, you know, we're all we're all working, you know, trying to get in and out, do different things. So it, we don't always get to see each other. So, yeah, that part was cool uh, sitting around the table. Just I mean, we had to go and there was one. Luckily, there was one seafood place, just random seafood place that had power. We went and we got some fish. We brought it back. We had the flashlight. We started telling stories and eating fish. And it was just like, you know, it was just a fun little, almost like a camping experience. But as soon as the power went on, we were like, oh, screw that. We went back to our phones. I turned on the TV. Like everything kind of went back to normal. Uh, it's not fun without power, but it, it was doable for the 12 hours. But I don't advise it. <laughs> like if we would have had other people in the house with us or younger people or older people, it would have been a problem. Luckily we were all kind of able to uh, take care of ourselves. So that's good. Well, that's good to hear. I, I heard you saw the horror stories of like the water yeah, there was some bad stuff. freezing in the houses and you know, yeah. they'd have nothing like that, that one car us. where that one girl had her car parked and then a pipe burst and froze her car. I mean, just all these horror stories and um yeah, you know, it was bad. Jess it was and I were stuff. fortunate enough to not have any issues. My parents had it kind of back and forth. They'd have power for three hours and they'd lose it for four, and they'd have it for two hours and they lose it for six. So they were kind yeah. of on and off. But luckily, in the, in the in the house there, they have a fireplace in the living room, and when they get that fireplace yeah. going, it keeps the living room area pretty warm. So they were able to stay warm. <clears throat> so that was nice. Uh, Jess's grandmother, my my grandmother in law, and my brother in law, they had it pretty rough. They were without power for like four days. Um, and she's an older lady. So that was unfortunate. And I think she ended up being okay and they're fine now, but for a while there, that was kind of a scary situation. And, and that it is scary. Yeah. It's, it's something that you never thought you'd, you don't think about. Yeah. Having that kind of situation. And, and you don't think about how reliant we are on it. Like, a, like power. Oh, so like we need, so power. when Jess and I had the pipe burst, yeah. 
uh, in the back house, we'd have our water shut off for about three days. We didn't yeah, have but water that in the was house. Just, yeah. And you don't realize how much water it takes just to take yeah. a shit until you don't have the water. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. like you, it takes like, uh, it feels like we bought like a five gallon. We had a five gallon jug at the house. We went and filled it up. And so we could use it for the toilet. Well, yeah. that thing was gone in a day. Like I, I, yeah. I never even used the, the restroom. I think Jess might've gone once. I didn't even go other than to, you know, I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a man who grew up in the, in the outdoors. I just pee outside. So I really didn't even yeah, use so it. You were just saying, yes, doing what you can. And yeah. Jess says it takes 14 water bottles to flush it. Like to do, to do, because like I said, we went to go buy water initially. Uh, we, they didn't have the gallons, So we just had to buy water bottles. And then, so she was going, we were going through water bottles like crazy just to flush the toilet. Um, yeah. And you just don't realize how reliant you are on that kind of stuff until you don't have it. So uh, that was, that was interesting. And <laughs> that, then you get scared and then you get scared, uh, you, you know, then you get scared like, oh, what if you run out of water bottles? What if you run out of, you get scared oh, of like, what if the- <laughs> we, we bought two packs of 30 water bottles. We <laughs> yeah. went through it in two days. Like, cause yeah. The, and then all of a sudden the grocery thing. store. Yeah, because we had it was it was very eerie the day we were out of power in Pearland. Like we we tried to go to Kroger's just right down the road, and it was like I mean they had that place boarded up. They were like, okay, we're only allowing like you know four or five people at a time. It's pitch black in here. They you know you had to have a flashlight just to walk around the store. Like it was like almost like something you would see in like an old apocalyptic like, type a movie. war movie. Yeah, yeah, like an old just American pastime movie or something. Like it was. It was like we were going back in time a little bit. It was kind of scary, but yeah, I'm glad we got it back. <laughs> it was, it, it shouldn't have happened. It shouldn't happen at all because it's, I mean, honestly, up, up North, things like that happen all the time. And it's like, eh, another day, you know, it freezes all the time, but Texas just was not, was not ready for that. For sure. Not, not at all. And uh, I mean, we could get into the politics of the situation, yeah. um, and maybe we will in another episode, but I, I don't see any hope, see any reason in getting into it today. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I 100% agree. We should have been more prepared. There were a lot of signs for years and years and years of the thing like this could happen. We should have been ready, and we here's weren't. What and I that saw, falls on Abbott. So here's the uh, here's the thing. Abbott was the leader, of course. Here's what I saw happen. There was two. Like as soon as it happened, both the left and the right just wanted to kind of ping pong. Uh, tech, like they were just playing ping pong with the state of Texas and civilians. They were like, oh, it's y'all's fault. No, it's y'all's fault. No, it's y'all's fault. It, it, that, that's just how everything happens nowadays. It's so polarized. You can't come up with a solution because everybody wants to point fingers. At the end of the day, you got to man up. And that was the governor's duty. You got to man up and you got to take responsibility. You got to say, this is what we did wrong. This is what we need to do wrong. But as soon as power went out in, in, in Texas, everyone was like, oh, haha, you know, you should have done this better or no, you guys should have let us do this. Or, you know, it was just a lot of finger pointing. And I, I just, I, you know, I'm kind of sick of the finger pointing. I thought we were done with that. Once we got a certain guy out of office, you know, I thought we were kind of done. Turns out we're still finger pointing. And I don't know if we're ever going to go back to normal as far as that goes, because people just, can't stand each other right now, at least on social media and real life. It's great. You get, you get on social media and it just becomes a war zone. It's crazy. Anyway, that's going to do it for another episode of the 1203. Luckily the power is back on and we are all doing fine down here in Texas now, including here on the 1203. Once again, season three of the 1203 started today. We are back with weekly episodes as much as we possibly can. Like I said, our goal this season is to get guests on, get people on the show. If there's someone you want to talk to, if there's someone you want to hear on the show, if you want to come on the show, let us know. Talk to us. Find us on Twitter. Parker is at Parker Ray. I am at Reed T. Graff. We also have at Old Old Main Entertainment. I think it might be Old Main ENT. Um, Check us out. Follow us. Hit us up. Also, uh, like we said at the beginning of the show, we are now on Anchor. So if you want to support us on Anchor, please check it out. The links are on our Twitter um, they'll also post a link to the anchor version of the show once it goes up. Uh, so thank you once again, everyone for tuning in, uh, Parker, great to talk to you again, buddy. Always it's, good. Uh, bud. Always good. Once again, every Wednesday, 5 PM, we are live on YouTube. See y'all next week. <laughs>